Pete, you're about to record a podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, Grace. I'm looking at my text messages. I have so many messages. <laughs> I must have six unread text messages right now. And believe it or not, at work, I have 400 unread emails. Now that could take a whole day. <laughs> it could take More. a whole day. <laughs> that um, I shouldn't even admit that. It's probably awful. You know, I was thinking we have, we just have so many messages in this world today. It used mm -hmm. to be, you know, we would get a voicemail. Maybe our voicemail box would be full. No more. Everything is, everything is um, unending. We, we have multiple email accounts. How many email accounts do you have? Five. You have five email accounts. <laughs> How about you? I have my deacon Pete email account at my church. I, mm -hmm. I work with youth ministry. I have theirs. I also have my uh, work email account, mm -hmm. my Pete Speaks with Grace account, mm -hmm. my personal Gmail account. So there's five right there. Mm -hmm. And my work account is the one that fills up the most. But I have to admit, my Gmail account gets a lot of junk. Right. The other thing is we get uh, text messages throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And every now and then people call us. So we're always inundated by messages. And it made me think, how does God get a message to us? You mean Jesus sends you some text messages, messages at night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, G I, I have my Jesus Gmail account. Yes, I do. So <laughs> God would send us maybe through our prayers, we get a message, maybe through reflection or quiet time and adoration. There's different ways that I think God messages us. But one way that he specifically speaks historically, not so much with myself, maybe with you, we'll talk about this, but it's through angels. So I was thinking maybe it'd be best, it'd be a great topic for this podcast for us to speak about angels. And who are they? Well, we have we have songs about angels. Right. Park the Herald Angels Sing. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure our listeners can think of many songs, mm -hmm. secular, country, um, that involve angels. People name their children Angel. I had a male friend, his name I called him Angel, but his name was Enheel. And then I I have a friend at the Atlanta Falcons football games. I'm a season ticket holder, and one of my uh, friends behind me is named Angel. She's been uh, going to the games for years. We named cities after angels. Los Angeles. Los Angeles, that's right. Los Angeles, California. Uh, we have movies about angels. Oh, It's a Wonderful Life, for example, where Clarence mm. is an angel who protects... Um, George, do I got that right? George? I don't know. I heard of this movie by Nicholas Cage, City of Angels or something. City of Angels. There's many different movies and depictions of angels in movies. You know, is an angel real or is it just something that man made up? What proof do we have that there are angels in this world? So from the scriptures, from the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, from the lives of many, many saints... And also from our personal lives, we can we can actually see uh, and experience the presence of angels, right? Like it's found some people would argue that angels are not something, um, you know, 
found only in the christian tradition or the judeo christian tradition they would say that we borrowed it from some ancient mythology some ancient religions and religions that predated judaism okay so my take on that is there are glimpses of truth everywhere so those religions or those people had some visions of truth in them but the main problem with such mythical figures is that they are tainted in themselves they are not moral then they don't hold on to the values purity and holiness so they can be the angels that we are speaking about so they're tainted uh, from from the book of wisdom we would see that their stories are tainted because they are of human origin so angels you know while they're depicted in human um movies, books, writings, also depicted in other religions, doesn't mean we're, they're the same, right? Right, right. So an angel, for example, um, in the Bible is really how we would characterize an angel in right. the Catholic tradition. Yeah, that's, it, that's it, because they are revealed. Bible is revealed. Christianity, Judaism is revealed. So when something that comes as a revelation from God, it will reflect his nature, which is holiness. So we have the pure, purest version of this heavenly beings created by God. You know what St. Augustine uh, says that uh, angel, the word angel means messenger. Right. So their duty is their what their name signifies, but in nature they are spirits, right? So they are spirits, but they are doing the job of a messenger, and they're being called by that name. So let's look at the Bible. The mm-hmm. earliest instance of an angel would be in Genesis, right? And it would be um, after Adam and Eve. Well, it may be before, but but the one I'm thinking of is after Adam and Eve fell to sin, God wanted to protect Adam and Eve from the tree of life. If they were to eat from the tree of life in a sinful state, they would be uh, subject to eternal damnation. Perpetuated in that state of sin because tree of life is eternity. So God placed angels or an angel as a protector as a barrier from them. So it was really an act of love, God putting an angel in place to protect them from this risk. Right. That comes in Genesis chapter 3, verse 43. But most important lesson from that is right away, right? It hits focal point for an angel because angels does what the Lord wants them to do. Angel means messenger, servant of God. Angels fulfill God's intention. God's intention here was to protect Adam and Eve from eternal perpetuation and sin. And angels were fulfilling that will. Right. So later when Abraham was, was guided by God to sacrifice his son Isaac, it was an angel that God sent to Abraham to say, stop, don't go any further. Right? Yeah. So there was this expression of total self-sacrifice because this is the beloved son of his old age. He's sacrificing that. And that expression of ultimate surrender from Abraham was there. But at the same time, the Lord doesn't want his, uh, you know, his, his posterity to be seized right there by, by putting Isaac to death. Isaac should survive. So the tribes, the Israelites, and 
Christianity will evolve from that lineage, right? Right, that lineage. Yeah, so the angel was there. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And in the New Testament then, I think God used angels, you know, primarily to announce. But also, Pete, you know, before coming to the New Testament, just like if you look into the life of all those, I mean, prophets, especially Daniel, it's... So many reference angels. Daniel has this vision. I mean, he's the one. In his book, we have the direct mentioning of the names of the angels in the Bible. Gabriel is referred to there in chapter 8. Okay. Michael is referred to right in the beginning of chapter 10. He sees these angels because Gabriel says, he hears a voice saying, Gabriel, explain this vision to him. So that's how he first hears the name of Gabriel. But later on in the New Testament, we see Gabriel says to Zechariah, I am Gabriel standing in the presence of God. So that name is out there. But you were saying something about the names of the angels and something. Yeah, I was just thinking, I only know three angels, three names, Gabriel, Raphael, and Michael. And maybe in a little bit, we can talk about um, why, why the church prays to St. Michael. But we'll we'll save that right now because I was just thinking about we were just talking about the uh, Old Testament. Right. So in Daniel, with these, they're actually named. Yeah, and also we have King David. He has visions of the angels. Joshua, for example, Joshua was about to attack this city, and he sees an angel, mm-hmm. and he was confused whether this is for me or against me, and he was asking. So angel is sent ahead of Joshua right before they were capturing all those towns of Canaan, right? right? So throughout Old Testament, but what I would see as very significant there is, in the book of Daniel, we see uh, when an angel is sent to close the mouths of the lions. So uh, Daniel says that, my God sent his angel to close the mouths of the lions? Yeah, so that they won't devour Daniel. Mm. So that's one thing. Again, same book. Was he being thrown into a um, yeah into a into lion's a pit, den? A know. lion's den, uh-huh. okay. Like a punishment, but then twice like that, right? But then the king loved Daniel so much. So right in the morning, he's coming to that place and Daniel, the God that you were serving, were he able to deliver you? Then he says, he delivered me from the mouth of the lions by sending his angel to close their mouths. That means Daniel saw that, right? But not only that, in the book of Daniel chapter 3, we see these three young men put in the furnace. Right. And what does the king see after that? He sees a illuminated figure along with the three young men. And he was radiant, which was an angel of God. Three young men were praising God. They were praising, praising with angels, praising with everything in the nature, praising God. And then they see thing, the flames didn't even touch their hair. That's what we read. So When I was in grade school, we did a song on this. Uh-huh. And it was um, something like, it's cool in the furnace. Man, this furnace is cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, it's cool. <laughs> it was a um, three of them. Whoever was in the furnace, I just remember the song. I don't remember who we played. We were dan- We had a dance that went with it. And by the way, talking about getting a lot of messages, you have to move your phone. Your phone is, has buzzed into the uh, podcast a couple times. 
I'm so sorry for that, Pete. <laughs> How appropriate, though. I mean, I think, messages. I think there's been at least two or three messages coming into your phone just in the time we've been talking to each other. About the messages, messengers, in fact. Yeah, right. yeah. But, you know, uh, Pete. That just, play, by the way, was eighth grade. Really? Eighth grade. I, I think I I think I rocked it. Uh-huh. I mean, I was I I still remember it today. I mean, that's how that's how good that play was. Well, I'm sure you played an angel somewhere in in the history of your childhood, Grace. I was so, I was like an infant Jesus. I was like the grown up Jesus. There were angels around me, but unluckily, I was not an angel. That's true. You didn't get the role of angel. That's true. I was always depicted as Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Even there was this nativity play. They actually assigned me angel, and I wasn't able to go that day. I missed being angel in that sense. (laughs) Okay, so you know what? I was speaking about Shadrach, Masnak, and Abednego in that furnace Mm. with that angel. So that happens in our daily life. Many of us, most of us, go through times of ordeal, intense suffering. I mean, if we really sense this presence of angels with us, I mean, we will reflect on that gradually after we cover the Bible, but just a side thought into this. Like, they can change the way we feel that that fire from the suffering. They can make it easy for us, cool for us, right? Well, look at those circumstances. Daniel, they were in a fiery state really being they were being persecuted mm-hmm. and the and God sent an angel to protect them Abraham being the the distress he would have had being asked to sacrifice his son and in Genesis God protecting Adam and Eve from themselves really from Satan by bringing his angel to them in the New Testament there are some circumstances where what you're talking about, where where the angel came to provide relief. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus being served by the angels after his temptation. Right. Matthew chapter 4. Right. Served by angels. Bringing him food. The first Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. The angels, the, Jesus was fasting for 40 days. He was starving. He was thirsty. And here come the angels with a Big Mac. <laughs> and they were serving him. So serving is- him. They served him. They provided him with relief. The Garden of of Gethsemane, the angels consoled Jesus and Luke. So they will read Jesus. Yeah, he was sweating, sweating blood. Great distress, the greatest agony, the agony in the garden. And then an angel is sent from God to console him. So the angels serve him, angels console him. And right after that, right after that agony, when Judas comes and gives him this kiss of betrayal, and the Roman soldiers would come to capture him. What does oh, Peter yeah. do? Peter cut off the ear of the soldier. Yeah, and then Jesus says, put Jesus, your sword. Jesus said, put your sword away. You're yeah. testing me, Grace, seeing <laughs> if I know this. Jesus said, because put his sword Pete. away and... Um, if I want to protect myself, I will call my father. My father would send 12 legions of angels to protect me if I ask him. Right. Yeah, so that means any time, any time in the life of a child of God, 
angels are accessible to us. There, there were times when he could just um, experience the presence of angels, like being served by them or being consoled by them. But also the times when there, there is a real problem, there is an enemy in front of us, he could call 12 legions of angels. So we are entitled to receive this protection, mm -hmm. this support, this consolation from the angels. So that's my greatest takeaway from the life of Jesus. Like he was throughout his life surrounded by angels. We know how Joseph, you know, Saint Joseph, to protect baby Jesus from being killed by Herod, warning them about the coming persecution. An angel warns Saint Joseph, so he takes the baby and his mother and goes to Egypt. And later in Egypt, he asked them to come back when Herod is passed away, right? So throughout his life, not only that is, okay, we, we see the angels as announcing good news, but right from the moment of annunciation till his um, uh, resurrection, ascension, and in fact, his second coming, his story, there are many, many occasions of references to angels throughout yeah, his I life. Yeah, I think of Gabriel as the announcer, the angel Gabriel announced Jesus at the announced to Mary that she would be pregnant with Jesus in the Annunciation. The angel, I'm going to guess, Gabriel announced the uh, Jesus to the shepherds in the field. What strikes me most in the Gospel of Luke, where the angel Gabriel speaks with Zachariah. Zacharias is this priest, father of John the Baptist, his offering sacrifice right. in the Jerusalem temple. And he sees Gabriel, mm -hmm. right? And Gabriel tells him, I'm Gabriel standing in the presence of God. Just like in the Old Testament, we have this great, great angel sent to Tobias to assist him in a journey and procure a wife for him, right? There's the angel that announces Jesus has risen to those that enter the tomb. But basically he says, Gee, you won't find him here. He has risen. Right. Tell the um, disciples to go to a certain location. He will meet them there. After the ascension. ascension right. Right. So this, this disciples, they, they just saw Jesus vanishing into the sky. And they were just standing there. What's happening? What's they going were standing on? there just like we would. <laughs> like, wow, this, this human just rose up into the yeah, air. Yeah. And, and, and just before that, giving them this great commissioning, right, to go forth and preach the gospel. And then he's gone. Right. And the and angel was like, hey, hey, you dodos, <laughs> what are you looking in the sky for? You got your marching orders. Now go do it. <laughs> Just as Jesus went up into the sky like this, he's going to come again. That's what they said. But, you know, most significantly, we read, you know, Matthew chapter 25, when Jesus comes again, two things. One is he's going to be accompanied by all the angels. That means every single angel, right? All the angels. And mm -hmm. second, angels will be heralding his coming with the trumpet, Right. So angels have an announcing job right there, there again, but they're also accompanying Jesus. You know what? They, they play instruments. <laughs> right. <laughs> they do. <laughs> In heaven, they're going to, they are playing harp, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it's funny because we did this, um, the what do we do in heaven? Uh -huh. And we know um, God made us. In his likeness and image. And we're one, you know, I was questioning whether we go golfing or, you know, have a home or, you know, tend our garden, all those things. But there are angels in heaven 
So they're praising God, playing trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Playing harps. And Jesus himself says in heaven, we yeah. will be. We will be like angels. Human souls will be. Not that we will become angels. We will be like angels doing what they do. That's praising praising God. and adoring God. Praising and adoring God. So in Revelation chapter 4, we read constant praise of God by the angels, right? Holy, sanctus, sanctus. But, you know, in same thing we see in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, where Isaiah has this great vision of heaven and angels are praising God. And one particular angel is sent to touch and cleanse his mouth, right? So then God's word is placed on Isaiah so that he can proclaim the gospel. So many references to angels. But, you know, you know, Pete, something about heaven like this, uh, Isaiah saw angels in heaven many years ago. It was a Christmas time, Christmas night, in fact. We went to the vigil mass, we came home. So I was just, uh, you know, meditating and thanking God, thanking and loving baby Jesus for incarnation that night. It was a very beautiful night. So while I was just, you know, rejoicing in the birth of Jesus and praising God, all of a sudden I felt, okay, when I'm praising baby Jesus like that, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm definitely accompanied by many angels. Then I pictured that night in Bethlehem where Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph, and suddenly felt all the angels in heaven would want to worship this baby God incarnate. Word became flesh. They would want to worship this God. And angels are not omniscient. They're not omnipresent. They are creation, right? right? They can only be in one place at a time. So they are not in heaven at that time. They have all descended to earth to worship baby Jesus, to heaven without angels, right? right? And again, I mean, I was wonderstruck because of that, you know, presence of every single angel worshiping this baby who is the king of the universe. But then later on, when I read the Bible, uh, Matthew chapter 25, I saw that angels will accompany Jesus. All the angels will accompany Jesus when he's going to come again. When he came the first time, most probably they did, right? Because they are going to accompany him when he comes a second time. But uh, Pete, you were saying something about uh, second coming, destruction, something like that? Well, I was thinking about, uh, you know, if we're going to talk about the second coming, isn't the second coming the apocalypse in movies? It's total destruction. There's uh, little time to spend, you know, saying, hey, there's Jesus, right? right. We're too busy we're too, too busy driving our cars into <laughs> cracks in the earth and fire is everywhere. Right, um, right. It, you know, it's probably somewhere in between, right? We, have, we, we don't know what the end times will be like exactly, mm -hmm. but we do know that, there, that Jesus is going to come at the end time. I think it's probably going to be the decisive factor between distraction aspect of the end times and the coming of God aspect of end times is that how much we are prepared. If, if I'm attached to the world and things of the world, then it's a distraction for me because it's going to be ending. Right. If I'm focused on our beloved Jesus, our beloved God who's going to come, if I'm focused on him, it will be time of glory, rejoicing for me because this is for this day I've been waiting all along, right? Yeah, a movie might depict it as all this destruction is happening on the planet, yet here go... Here go those who were faithful being lifted up to meet Jesus and enter their heavenly reward. Right. That's time of joy, in fact. Right? Time of joy. Yeah. All right. So what about um, angel experiences? 
by human beings. So we have, uh, we can probably look at the saints. There were probably certain saints who spoke of angels. Um, Padre Pio is an example of a saint who spoke of angels. Uh, he used to say to his spiritual children, if you, if you are in any need, and if you need to communicate with me, just send your guardian angels to me. Mm-hmm. And also there was this another beautiful instance where, I don't remember that story exactly, okay, there was this another friar in the monastery who needs to be woken up early in the morning, but he wouldn't. So every single day he would hear knocking at the door, and that's how he used to wake up. So he thought it's a human being. Later on, in a conversation with Padre Pio, it was revealed that Padre Pio is sending his guardian angel to wake this friar up by knocking on his door. <laughs> but, you know, uh, in the, uh, you know, the St. Jama Galgani, so her, her life, you know, she's a very, very beautiful saint. He, she had the stigmata that she used to compete with her guardian angel who will utter the name of Jesus most sweetly. There was okay. a competition between them. And then she used to send to her spiritual director letters, real letter. Right? Right. Physical Real, letter. Physical letter. That is being taken by angels. She didn't have email. She didn't have email at so, that time. No virtual. <laughs> there was no U.S. Postal Service. Right. It was St. Gemma. Yeah. I've never heard of her. Yeah. So she would write letters to the spiritual director so, and they would be delivered by the angels? Yeah, by her guardian angel. I cannot say they tested it, but in reality what happened was that once the letter was given to a, um, a human person, one was a priest, another was a aunt or something, someone, so they forgot it. So one of them kept it locked in a in, in, in an, um, cabinet and forgot about it totally. But later on, the spiritual director told he received that letter. Right. So then this person went and checked that and saw that it was not there. Hmm. And multiple times like that, that's the life of St. Gemma. Well, um, I know um, people who have had experiences with their their guardian angels or angelic experiences. Personally, I've I've not. Have you ever had an experience with a with an angel or a guardian angel or known somebody? Maybe so, we can yeah, one we, of them, maybe we can talk about a couple real life experiences, one or two. Angels belong to the spirit world, invisible world, and we belong to the material, visible world. Transcending one world to the another. Is a is a miracle, right? This is years ago when I was in India. So we were, I was working for the audit department of the government, and we were sent to audit a village, and that was, um, I mean, probably two hours travel by train. I missed that train. I was having fever, just recovering from that. So one of my colleagues, he was waiting for me, and then because uh, I missed that train, he wanted me to get into another train so that we won't be late for auditing that village, right? So uh, I had to climb a train without a platform that day, and I was a week after fever, and he had to pull me up into that train. So what happened was that before, so just before being pulled up like that, what I did was I had a clutch with me. I just threw it away. I was like probably lightheaded. So at that time, I just need to get in the train and go. That was my thinking. So I just threw my clutch away and I got into the train. He pulled me up and that was probably superhuman, (laughs) but he did that. And once I landed on the train, I saw my clutch right on the train. So I was, didn't I throw it away, right? Didn't I? 
Because I remember clearly. You thought you threw it to the side, no, and I, then it was on the train with you. Right. I Yeah. It took behind me. I threw it behind me. Mm-hmm. But this is on the train, okay? And then I took the clutch, and I went and sat in, in, in my reserved seat. And my colleague, he was in another place, okay? So when I was sitting there, I was wondering what just happened. And this is here with me. Uh, and then I heard the Lord telling me that was your guardian angel who got that clutch for you. Okay, that was a real incident of intervention from right. my guardian angel. I kept it. I kept quiet for some time. I was praying and I was thanking him, right? And then this friend, he came and he just wanted to check on me, but I was doing fine, right? When he came back, I told him, like, he's a Hindu. He doesn't probably, I thought he doesn't know anything about angels. Right? But I just told him, you know what? My guardian angel got this clutch for me because he also saw that I threw it away, right? And then he told me, really? And he sat on with me. And somehow he knew something about the angels. And we started speaking about the angels. But you know what? That was the beginning of a very beautiful friendship. Like even he's like, uh, he became like a brother to me. Whenever he would visit my office, he would bring chocolates and everything just because he felt angels united us. But, you know, more than creating relationships like that, Angels became so real to me. But that was just one instance, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I say about a literal uh, object, yeah, where there is a physical object is involved, probably that's the only one time. Right. I will never forget this incident, okay? We were conducting a seminar, a pro-life seminar, and a physician taking a session on pro-life and things later to that, right. and she exceeded the time allotted to her. So we were behind the stage what will we do now? You know, we have to wind this up at a certain time. We were discussing what to do. So one of my friends told me, why don't we write it in a paper and go behind the audience and display it to her? Then I told, why don't we do this? Why don't we just ask her guardian angel? So she told me, does that work? Then I told her, of course it works. How do we do that? Then I told her, let's pray a Hail Mary with her guardian angel. And we did that. And while we were praying the Hail Mary, she turned and looked at us. <laughs> and we showed time, time, right? So then this girl with me, she was crying because she never knew angels could act like that, right? right? That was another instance. So that was pretty amazing. Well, Grace, how did that go? It was awesome. It was awesome, but that was just part one. <laughs> so many things to say. In fact, you know, I, I, I think I could say at least two more hours on the same topic because look at the life of the I mean, saints. That's so right. many incidents from their lives. You know, that will motivate us, motivate our readers. That will actually, you know, boost our spiritual lives, I should say. So we're finished with part one. And we're asking people just to, to be patient with us. We're going to release part two here shortly, maybe um, maybe even earlier than we normally do. And uh, in the meantime, please uh, hit the like button on this one. Yeah. Right? We need that. We need all the likes you can give us, and we need um, your comments. Yes. We're trying to build this channel, and we really appreciate our listeners, and it's been growing at a very rapid rate. Thank you so much for all the support that you're giving us. You have a blessed week. Thank you so much.